Hello, everybody, and welcome back to We've Got Mail. This is the podcast where you control the conversation right here at the Critically Claimed Network. My name is William Bibiani. I am a critic. Everybody calls me Bibbs. Who the hell are you? I don't know. Who the hell am I? Uh, my name is Whitney Seibold. I, too, am a critic. And uh, for the purposes of this particular podcast, if you must, you may address me as Rockmeister McCool. is a name I picked for myself. You can also just call me Whitney. I will respond to either. But if you have the opportunity to call someone Rockmeister McCool, you take it. I suppose so. You, you grab life by the reins and you go, hey, life, <laughs> you're Rockmeister McCool now. Anyway, this is our podcast where we read uh, your correspondence. And how it works is pretty simple. You email us. Our email address is letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. Once again, mm. that is letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. And we might read your email on, on an episode of this show. Respond to it. Answer your questions. Respond to your critiques. We also have a P.O. box. Whitney, what is our P.O. box? Uh, you can write us in an actual physical letter. We like when we get those. It's always uh, fun. It is the Critically Acclaimed Network. P.O. box 641565, Los Angeles, California, 90064. And we've got a couple of those to start with. We did. We got some actual... I'm going to crinkle them so you know they're here. You know that real they're paper. real. Yeah, we couldn't just pick up any piece of paper. Those are actual... It's well, actually... The this is box. actually the letter. No, yeah. if we were on video right now and you you would see my messy apartment uh you would uh, you would see you would see Whitney's actually got it. and this was actually a really really a really really sweet one actually. this is a sweet letter because it actually came with a gift uh thank you for sending us you, you stuff. don't have to, send, have to send it's, it's nice i'm yeah. grateful but you do not have to send us um, stuff and, and this is just a, a simple note from mike v it says um two bibs and whitney items the thermodynamic drinking bird message love everything you guys do enjoy the birds uh, and indeed with that letter from Fat Brain Toys mm-hmm. was a, a pair of Drinky Birds. Yes. we I forget what episode we talked about this in, but not that long ago, mm-hmm. we were talking in an episode about how uh, the, these particular like desk toys were like seen in a lot of movies and stuff, and I'd never mm-hmm. found one in the wild, and I'd never been able to buy one. Mm, and, and someone just got them for us. And, and I, I had said I'd seen them around, but yeah. I never had one. So this is the first one I've, I've and found. And how it works, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can look it up online. But uh, basically, um, it is, uh, it's kind of a weight system. Uh, and on uh, there's, there's like there's, there's two, a, like... a weight of liquid in a glass bulb on one end of a stick, and on the other hand is a uh, bird, a, a bird in a top bird hat. head with a top hat on, and it has like a big uh, yeah. feather on the the tail, and you put it on this little uh, spit, essentially this little rod, and it yeah. can tip back and forth on the rod, and, and because always... of the yeah. temperature change mm-hmm. of putting this the nose of the plastic head in a cold cup of water mm-hmm. it will change the the like it'll cause the liquid in the other end to expand or contract and which causes it to increase or decrease in weight which causes the bird to bob up tip and down back and forth yeah. constantly drinking from i the always cup. i always thought it was just some kind of weight gag i didn't realize you needed liquid in order to do it mm-hmm. so uh, i haven't used this yet but i'm going to open it up on on the mic all right because this i've always wanted one of these this is really really oh <laughs> well, look if, at it if you oh. want to get it to work this is i'm not sure if you want to get it to work here on the podcast i don't think i could not, uh, not, I don't not, think, I don't think not it's very interesting Ooh, for people to listen wrap. to. Hang on, hang on. I got bubble oh, wrap. well, hang bubble on. wrap. That you can <laughs> yeah. pop on the podcast. Ooh, that's a high-quality drinky bird, It's too. pretty dang yeah. good and really grateful. Thank you, you so you much. Could get, there, there were cheap versions of this. Oh, yeah. This is not one of those. No, no, no. This is, oh, my God. This is so cool. But yeah, you kind of stick the rod on its yeah. legs. It's got a little feather on it so you know it's bird. Yeah. Shake a tail feather. You, oh, but the feet are the wrong way. 
Oh, I put it the wrong way. You're right. Yeah, yeah, there's there's got to be a... There's a correct way and an and a incorrect way. Well, it'll tip over if you do it wrong. I suppose that's true. But yeah, the, the, the beak of the bird tips into a cold glass of water and, uh, and it uh, Oh my God, I love this so forth. much. Thank you. Yeah, and, and, and I have cool. one too. I'll, I'll now keep... I can finally recreate the origin story of Darkman. <laughs> uh, yeah, those Newton's cradles were really big in the 80s. Oh, yeah. I um, had one of those, and then our cat Sergio, who's no longer with us, mm-hmm. um, he bit the wires <laughs> on the Newton's cradle. <laughs> so I just, all I have are some like spheres yeah, with wiring handles. Some ball bearings. Yeah. <laughs> tie them to something, make them into Christmas tree ornaments. Yeah. Uh, also, really big, uh, like little squeezable stress things are still oh, know, still, still like items this. you can buy. But yeah. do you remember? Uh, mm. it, it was it looks like a bubblegum head. It was a big pink human head with like gigantic ears. Oh yeah, it only like, vaguely looks like a face. And if you squeeze it, the eyeballs would pop out. No, and, no, like, no, his tongue not, would pop out. Not one of those. Not oh. one of those little squeezy uh, air toys. No, this one was full. It was of like a maple syrup. It was like a, a, ah. a, a squ- really squishy liquid substance. No, that one. That, that and, one. And like ring you, a bell. you could like really dig your fingers into it, and then you huh. had to wait a while for it to sort of retain its shape again. No, nah, I don't remember and that. Then, at all. It was kind of made of rubber. Uh, I, I remember those fondly because we had many of them in our house. I don't know how. I never, I never bought one, but we always had them. And uh, one of them split open. Oh no! Once, and I got to see like what the liquid inside looked like, and it was like tree sap. It was incredibly yeah. sticky. Uh, and I decided, ooh, this is going to be fun for some kind of experiment. I'll save it in some Tupperware. So I like took it out into the backyard and squeezed it <laughs> into some Tupperware, and I got it all over my fingers. Gross. And, uh, not intentionally, but I did touch my mouth as well. Oh no! And it it tasted like the sweetest thing you've ever tasted. Oh, weird. <laughs> and uh, I had superpowers it for a couple days. It was a strawberry while yeah. you were trapped between two tigers. It was the uh, sweetest thing. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, just th- these little desk toys were really, really big in sort of the 1980s, like that mm-hmm. whole yuppie culture, the office yeah, culture you do, boom. You had to have something to entertain yourself because you were sitting at a desk all day. Yeah, day, yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the growth of the desk job sort of begat yeah. a lot of these interesting toys. Yeah. Uh, and now we have them. Thank we're, you. We finally caught up with 1986, and, and I'm grateful. Yeah, what a joy. Thank you mm. so much. Uh, Mike V, and we also have a, we also have another letter. Yeah, we do uh, have another letter. Um, letter. And this letter, one, this is like. an international letter. Actually. Oh, snap. So um, this one came from Anna. We're, we're Anna. opening this on the air, so we haven't. It, it at comes it with a little piece of art. <gasps> What? Uh, little oh my postcard god! Painted by hand. Oh my god! It's our it's our cancel too soon logo yeah. and some silicate soap and it's a Luca. There's a little paint. There's oh my a, god! The cancel too soon this. logo, a soap Luca, and it looks like a film camera. Oh, oh that's yeah. wonderful! That's you're so you're holding cute. it, so I'm trying to kind of yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, holding it up like right. in like an MSC3K letter when they would yeah, use to hold it on. Oh, that is gorgeous! That's it's it's so a watercolor, oh uh, and it comes with a little note. It says, "Happy holidays to my favorite critics." I'm not really even that much into movies, but listening to you makes me feel so much better for the past six plus years. So here's a small watercolor I made for you. Sorry, Whitney. I have no idea what projectors look like. All the best. (laughs) Anna Popova. I think Um, the projector looks pretty good. Actually. It's clear. It's very clear what it is. It's yeah. I mean, it's, it's a camera, um, but there's like a film reel up on the top. Yeah. I think it's very clear. You know, Um, Uh, it looks really, really nice. Picture uh, like, if a car needed its appendix removed and that thing grew into its own entity, that's what a projector looks like. It's this big mechanical monstrosity. Can you come up with, with a less Cronenbergian box. way to put that? Absolutely not. 
That's as that's as descriptive oh as I'm going to get. This, this so, is yeah, so and, sweet. So yeah, keep this note with that. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, this is wonderful. Thank you. Well, well thank you, Anna, for a piece of art. Put that on a wall. I will. That's wonderful. Thank you. And and we got many other emails besides. Okay. So we can read some of those. Let's do it. Um, this one comes from Name Redacted. There's no name at the bottom. Hello, Bibs and Whitney. I've been listening to and enjoying your guys' opinions for a few years, and I'm glad to finally be able to join as a patron. Well, thank you for Thank joining. you very much. Really appreciate it. Grateful for that. I wanted to know if you guys follow any Indian cinema, directors, mm. actors, etc. Generally, people think that Bollywood is the only Indian cinema there is, but this is not true. Bollywood is the Hindi language cinema. But there are many other film and industries within industry based on language. I've been watching the Tamil and Malay Alam language movies increasingly over the years because I think that they have surpassed Bollywood movies in quality and storytelling. Bollywood, like Hollywood, is now churning out fluff and neutered movies that are made to appease the largest crowds in society without challenging anything. There are still good directors and actors who make interesting things that have a mass audience, such as the Bollywood director Anurag Kashyap, but they are few and far between. I recently watched Jai Bhim, which is a Tamil language movie based on real-life events and is on Amazon Prime everywhere. Hmm. It takes on issues of scheduled tribes in India and the racist and caste violence they face. The story follows an indigenous tribal woman whose husband is disappeared by police on the suspicion of theft. She witnesses violence being visited upon her husband and then is told that he ran away from police custody. Finding no help, she turns to K. Chandru, who takes up her case as a lawyer and files a habeas corpus complaint in Tamil Nadu High Court, telling the police that... Uh, to present the woman's husband. What follows is at times a heart-wrenching but deeply engrossing story that leaves you both relieved and concerned at the end. The actors in this movie are great. I haven't stopped thinking about this movie for two months since I watched it, and it has inspired me to learn more about the struggles of the scheduled castes and tribes in India. Uh, this movie is getting some buzz for Golden Globes, though I'm not sure it will be entered into India for the Oscars, given such entries are generally Hindi language and movies... Hindi, Hindi language movies, and this movie is in Tamil. Mm. Uh... Do you both follow or watch any Indian cinema? And if so, what are some of your favorite Indian movies? Uh, uh, well, I, thank you for that letter. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll just admit, um, there are almost 200 countries in the world right now, mm. uh, and I grew up in America, and I've tried to be well versed in international cinema, but that means that I am horribly behind in in a lot of international cinema, and I haven't seen nearly enough Indian cinema. Of, of any particular kind, um, to really say with confidence, yes, I follow Indian cinema. I don't know uh, enough about it, honestly, and that's a, and that is to my shame. And I need to do better about that. Yeah, what about um, you? What did you? I know. I know you follow more than I have. Uh, I I suppose. Um... I'm trying to think of the, what the last Indian movie I saw was, mm. or or more specifically, what the last uh, Tamil film I saw was. Yeah. Um, I I remember I remember when that clip was circulating from that uh, the 2010 film the robot movie. Mm. Um, let me look up the title of that one. Enthiran. That's a Tamil film. Yeah. This uh, has a, a really wild climax where like hundreds of robots, uh, human robots, mm. sort of like stick their bodies together magnetically and turn into like a giant sphere covered with machine guns, and then it turns into a snake made of people. It's really bizarre. Um, but of course, that's. Not like a, not a, hardly a penetrating drama. Um, there's a movie I need to actually catch up on really, really soon. I've been doing some research into uh, the history of Hercule Poirot, mm. 
Ah, okay. Uh, in cinema, specifically, not just television. He's a lot of television, not as many movies as you might think. And there is a, uh, and forgive me if I'm pronouncing it wrong, a Malayalam uh, adaptation of the ABC murders, an Agatha Christie Poirot uh, story, uh, called Grand Master from 2012. Hmm. Um, and I don't know how closely it follows, at least in terms of the character of Poirot. Okay. Turns out there's actually quite a few uh, Poirot adaptations where they took out Poirot and replaced him with Miss Marple, just because Miss Marple was more popular <laughs> at the time. Uh, so it might be a situation like that where they just took out the character and just left in the mystery. I don't know, but I'm meaning to check that mm-hmm. out. Um, but yeah, you, you, you've got Man of Lost. This is not my expertise. Uh, there aren't a lot of mm-hmm. other countries where I would claim any meaningful degree of expertise. Uh, in their in the history of their cinema, because I know how dense and rich cinema is from any country, yeah. even countries we don't necessarily associate with having a gigantic um, cinematic industry, they tend to go back. Mm-hmm. And I never want to pretend that I know more than I do. Uh, so yeah, I, I, need, I, I need to I need to get into it though. It's a huge well, industry, the, and there's a lot of the, great uh, films, is my understanding, and I need to watch more. And the wonderful thing, uh, when it comes to uh, what sort of Indian cinema is available here in the United States, yeah. it's all—it's pretty much all Hindi. It's all yeah. Bollywood stuff. Uh, and thank, thanks to like flukes and deals that are made by a lot of the streaming services, mm-hmm. you can find scads of Bollywood films on just Netflix. Netflix here, here in the a, United States. I don't know a, if it's a good selection, but it's a large selection. They have a large selection of, of yeah. Bollywood films. The same is true of uh, Amazon. Mm. You can find a lot of Bollywood films on Amazon as well. Yeah. Uh, so we have no excuse, really. These no. things are available to it, us. It, here's the trick. is there, are, there hasn't been a lot, and, for, and if anyone knows actually this, this would be great. Um, when I was growing up, there would be... Um, a variety of programs that would often like take you by the hand and say, Hey, here's what cult cinema is, or, Oh, here's what classic cinema is mm-hmm. on Turner classic movies or American movie classics back when that's what AMC stood for. We, we, I haven't really had someone to take me by the hand and say, here's where to start because there's so much. Well, the, the, you know, and I know, I know you just want to dive right in, but I do, I do want to pick my battles. I only have so much time in my adult life. And and I think video stores really hurt uh, the way we think about international cinema, Mm -hmm. Uh, rather than uh, put whatever genre it is, uh, dramas in with the drama section, dramas, comedies, actions. They're all Uh, just in the regardless of of language. They put it in the. It wasn't even international. It was just called foreign. Yeah, foreign films, which are is not a, which is which not is a great term. all kinds of movies from around the world, yeah. but it, it was always like a pretty paltry selection because mm-hmm. not a lot of films were uh, ex- exported here. Yeah, so and uh, it's an alienating term by which to put a label. Yeah, really, because it's basically just saying that like not n- not us other like that's what yeah, that not, means. Not, and that's so not cool. yeah. so the video stores yeah. we grew up at you know going into when we were used here in the United States, it was mostly American cinema mm. with like a little section of the rest of the world. Yeah. So we didn't get a lot of exposure, and we were also encouraged to think of any film from a country outside of America mm. as uh, its own separate genre. Yeah. So not here's all of the movies from India. Here's the Tamil language movies. Here's the Bengali language movies. It was always just foreign. I worked at one of those big corporate video stores that no longer exists Mm -hmm. in like the 2000s. And um, I lived in an area with a lot of people from uh, uh, the Middle East. Mm. And... We would get people, like a lot of Persian movies, a lot of Persian stuff, movies, yeah. and they would ask like, "Hey, do you have what kind of Persian cinema do you have?" And I'm like, mm-hmm. "We have like two or three films," mm-hmm. and they're like, "Well, could you order some?" And I'm like, "No, 
because it's a corporate system and the corporate decides that America doesn't mm-hmm. only is interested in American films, even though this particular store even this would, neighbor, do, this neighborhood would do huge business surrounded by Persian people. <laughs> if we could actually like serve our community, uh-huh. we could have completely dominated that market and it would have been really, really great for us. But that's not how they thought because they thought stupid thoughts. Because um, corporations think so I, well. Oh God, those those years were awful. But anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, we digress. Um, but thank you for your for your email. Thank you for reminding us that we need to get on that. And um, if anyone has if anyone has any particular suggestions, you want to uh, uh, email us on where to start. Us mm. or anyone listening who, like yeah, us, is saying uh, I haven't watched enough Indian films of any particular variety. Let us know, like if you can give us like a quick. I two, two, two or three, some uh, some that might be historically significant. Yeah, some that are uh, just schlocky fun. I, I'm always interested in schlock. Like from imagine, all the world. imagine you're you're uh, teaching a class and you only have a couple of classes to just sort of generally baseline cover it. What would you mm-hmm. pick? Like what would like where would you have have your students start? Yeah, you know that would be a that would be a cool thing to actually have, and we would love to read those and share those with our with our listeners. All right. Now, what do we got next? Here's a letter from Nikolai. Hello, Nikolai. Hi, Nikolai. Uh, Happy New Year, Happy New Year, Bibbs, and the lowest temperatured Renaissance man of hard blues. This is Rockmeister McCool, written in synonym. Nice. Lowest temperatured Renaissance man of hard blues, Rockmeister McCool. I I uh, really think that should be the name of like your first album. <laughs> the, the lowest temperature renaissance man of hard blues. That's not bad. That's pretty fucking good, actually. <laughs> it sounds like a Zappa record. Yeah. Um, it's the end of the year, um, I guess, when this was written. Um, yeah. And what a year it has been. First of all, I hope you had a happy holiday and get some well-deserved and probably needed rest. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, oh, goodness, no. We'll never <laughs> rest. Uh, also, I'm sorry to hear about the computer issue. Luckily solved now. Uh, but I hope you know that uh, all... All at the CA network understand and empathize with you. Uh, thank thank you. you for being so understanding. While we yeah, had everyone's been really technical cool. issues. A lot of people were, when we said like, "Oh, we have technical issues and we can't produce as many shows for whatever." A lot of people were like, "Good, okay, calm, you, d- calm down, relax." We can't, a lot of people can't catch up, or they just they worry about us because we talk about how tired we're all the time. Mm-hmm. We're very tired all the time, uh, but it but means a lot should, to us that you that that's what you care about. But golly, you should see how thick our larynxes are at this point. <laughs> They're so strong. I could crush a cat with my larynx. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> since you just released your top 13 favorite movies of 2021, which I loved, by the way, and since mm. you also enjoyed me ranting about the legend that is Sir Tro- Troy McClure, a.k.a. the biggest snub in the history of the Tonys, <laughs> for not giving all the awards for his groundbreaking performance in Stop the Planet of the Apes I Want to Get Off, I thought I would provide my own humorous top 13 list. My top 13 favorite movie insults. Ooh. Ooh, this is good. This is gonna That's be fun. fun. Um, I assure you up front that none of these are meant, delivered, or written with any demeaning or bullying way that may feel condescending or cruel, but simply showcases of great wordplay, brilliant writing, and phenomenal performances that fit the tone of their individual movies. Who, do- uh, who doesn't appreciate some well-written snark? Yeah. In fact, not a single one of them uh, even features the F word, the C word, or any derogatory terms like that. Nice. Since I imagine Mr. McCool will uh, be reading this email, maybe make a game out of it. Read them and see if Bibbs can guess the movies. Just okay. for the hell of it. I can only try. Uh, so the top 13 list. Uh, number 13. You're a sad, strange little man and you have my pity. Uh, that is Toy Story 1. Yes. Okay. Uh, number 12. To everyone here who matters, you're spam. Your vapor, a waste of a perfectly good yearbook space. <laughs> Ooh, um, Mean Girls. 
Uh, close. She's all that. Ah, which I, I haven't seen. I wouldn't have guessed. I haven't that seen that in a long, long time. Fair enough. Uh, number eleven. For me, you're somewhere between a cockroach and that white stuff that accumulates at the corner of your mouth when you're really thirsty. <laughs> Ooh, that, <laughs> I mean, want to wipe the bell. corner of my mouth. That does ring a bell. Mm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with team movies. Ten things I hate about you. Uh, that, that's Con Air. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow! Wow! Mm. I don't remember that. Uh, th- right. th- this one I know. You clinking, clanking, clattering collection of collisionist junk. That is the Wizard That's of Oz. That's the Wizard of Oz. That is a classic. Yeah. That's hard to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Number nine. Hey, laser lips, your mama was a snowblower. <laughs> oh. Spaceballs? Uh, right era. <laughs> okay. Uh, ice pirates? Uh, no. Off, I'm, I'm off uh, my face. Yeah. You're, you're, your mama you're, was a snowblower. Hey, laser lips. Your mama was... To, the, the recipient of this insult had a laser at the time. Maybe that should help you. Laser at the time. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm no, it was, it was short circuit. Oh, short circuit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. That, that was a, a favorite. That's at of the mine. end when he has to kid. fight all the evil. Like robots. the evil robots are yeah, after yeah. him. Okay, and yeah, he yeah, like yeah. ends up insulting them and all right, now, the now it tracks. Stuff. Now it tracks. Okay. Um, number eight. There's a name for you, ladies, but isn't used in high society outside of a kennel. <laughs> Ooh, the women the women that's hey uh number seven listen you insignificant square-toed simple head simple-headed spy and and it's not a spy movie yeah i wouldn't have i've seen this movie but i wouldn't have guessed it Uh, no i know this that's from his girl friday Oh, okay, cool. I, I don't don't recall that line. No, no, it, there's, there's uh, a million lines in that movie. And they're all yeah, good. They, they, they talk really fast in that movie. Yeah. Um, number six. Why should I listen to you anyway? You're a virgin who can't drive. <laughs> yeah, you're a virgin who can't drive. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know that. Is. Uh... Say it a little more like the actress. You're a virgin who can't drive. It's it's not licensed to drive. No, it's she's not a prude or anything. She's just highly selective. Uh, oh, seen, I know it. You, I you've know seen it. how picky she is about her shoes, and they only go on her feet. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! I, I'm glad that, I that's, that's clueless. It's clueless. Clueless. Yeah. clueless. Oh my god! I, I can quote clueless. I love oh my god! Uh, that one embarrasses me. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I was imagining chair. the protagonist saying and not someone saying the protagonist. Yeah, yeah. That's what screwed me up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, number five, you stupid, ignorant son of a bitch, dumb bastard. Jesus Christ, I've met some dumb bastards in my time, but you outdo them all. <laughs> Jesus. I, I haven't seen this movie. I don't think what's supposed to be any swearing. Um, <laughs> um, Half baked. That's from Silver Streak. I don't know. Oh, I've never seen Silver Streak. Okay, cool. Uh, number four, you look like a badger. <laughs> what? That's it? That's it. Just you, you look, look like, like a badger. Badger. <laughs> no uh, idea. That's yeah, from The Favorite. Uh, oh! I, I love The Favorite. I don't remember that line, but okay, yeah. Uh, number three, gentlemen, Chickalini here may talk like an idiot, and he may look like an idiot, but don't let that fool you. He really is an idiot. Duck soup? Duck soup. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Chickalini gave it Chickalini away. Chickalini gave it away, but it, it could have it been any Marx Brothers mm-hmm. movie, theoretically, if you're not paying attention. And number two, your mother was a hamster, and your father smelt of elderberries. Monty Python on the, the Holy, Holy Grail. Grail. And yeah. uh, number one, the entirety of Kyle's mom's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> from South Park, bigger, longer, and in cut. I like that they ended up with like two TV movies. 
Yeah, like that, that TV, we just we talked just about, talk about, about on, on our own list. That's funny. I uh, yeah. hope that lightened up your day a little. As I wish you a wonderful 2022. My full support through it all. Lots of love, Nikolai. Uh, those are those the, are some those are pretty choice. That's a, that that's was a fun a, that's game. A fun one. Yeah. That was a fun game. I'm trying to think of like, uh, pretty much anything from Brain Donors. You know, mm. for the last time, I beg you to do something about that horrible rash. <laughs> just say that in public, and it counts. Um, oh. Uh, <laughs> If you know somebody really well, that's like a fun thing to yell at them as like the subway doors are closing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're, you're parting ways, and then everyone's looking at him like. Huh? <laughs> um, uh, who was it? It was Amy Sedaris. Um, liked to insult her brother by like when they were parting and they'd be in a public place and you'd be getting on a subway as the doors were closing. She'd she'd yell out, "Good luck beating those charges." <laughs> Sometimes she would add some pretty crass crimes yeah. in there. It's like, it just, yeah. and he would like look around. That's my sister. She likes to mess around. <laughs> yeah. That was a really really fun email. Thank you for yeah. that. That was cool. Uh, what we got next? Here's a, here's a letter from James. Hello, James. Um, good very early morning, Bibbs and Whitney. I'm assuming you're recording this at some ungodly hour. Not as ungodly as you might for think. Once today. we're actually recording like in prime time. <laughs> like like, a, like Veronica's closet is just starting. That dates me. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> that takes me way the fuck back. Isn't that on like 11 a.m. on a Sunday? No, that was, right after, that was right after Seinfeld. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, listening to your Best Of podcast, and I thought I'd share uh, I tr- uh, this Best of the Year. Yeah. Um, I'd try a new style of list for 2021, mm. the tier list, rather than any mm. old S-A-B-C-D-F tier list, which just feels like Gloria's ranking system. I wanted my tier list to have meaning and not attempt to convey a quantifiable difference in quality. Which, that's kind of what we try to do as well. Yeah, uh, yeah but th- it's cool that we're not all on the same system, actually. Yeah. I think we're trying to all express different uh, things. I thought about it, and I realized I can accurately organize every film I've seen into four categories. Uh, number one, must-see, mm-hmm. is the best of the best that I will tell my friends about, and if I'm lucky, show to them. Number two, Glad I Saw, films I recommend uh, seeing if anyone asked about, but wouldn't mm-hmm. go out of my way to really lobby for. Uh, number three, Forgot I Saw. Films, good or bad, that made absolutely no lasting impression. I'd probably have to be reminded that they came out that year. And number four, Mad I Saw. Yeah. Films either so poorly made that I find, or that I find reprehensible or offensive to good taste or feel like an insult to me personally. Yeah. I find that most films I end up seeing it, uh, falling in the Forgot I Saw tier, which is with only a few, uh, very few being must-sees and slightly more being in the Glad I Saw. Although all of the movies I see, by far the fewest end up in the Mad I Saw list because I usually try to avoid movies I suspect I'll hate. Yeah, the, that's a freedom non-film critics have. typically logically do. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, in 2021, I saw about 80 new movies. Not my best, but my highest figure since the pandemic started. Not bad. I won't share the entire list, but I did want to share my must-sees, which include... Okay. Werewolves Within. Yes, great movie. Pig. Great movie. Shiva Baby. I still haven't seen that. I liked Shiva Baby. Okay. Shiva Baby is really, really good. Bisexual protagonist. Nice. Don't make a thing of it. Hmm. Uh, the Green Knight. Yeah. I liked it more than you did. Well, yeah. wasn't wasn't too keen on that one. Lucky. Loved Lucky. Still haven't seen it. Uh, it's on Shudder. Uh, PG, Psycho Gorman. Yay! Uh, <laughs> Bo Burnham's Inside. Good. Uh, the Suicide Squad. Okay, I liked it. I wouldn't make my yeah. must-see list, but I liked it. Uh, the Night House. A lot of people like The Night House. I think it's... I th- I, 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 I ended up seeing the, it. I yeah. ended up seeing it at a drive-in, yeah. which I think is a good place to see it. I love Rebecca Hall's lead performance. I think she's she's giving mm. an Oscar-worthy performance. Yeah. I think it kind of falls apart at the end when things get a little too literal. 
the the explanation of what's going on mm-hmm. uh, turns it into kind of a, a schlockier kind of a movie. Just a than different I was kind of film, yeah. yeah. And that, that I feel like that brings it down a smidge, but it's still good. Yeah, you know, it's not a bad it, film. Yeah, totally fine. Yeah. Uh, Malignant, yeah, yay! Oh, I didn't see this one. Writers of Justice. I keep. I need to see that. That's that's on mm-hmm. my like. I I had to turn in my list at some point. You know, you just have to cut it off. But like, yeah. I do need to get onto that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the harder they fall. Great movie. Uh, I wish that people were talking about that more in the Oscar conversation. That's it's so it's really good. frustrating yeah. you know, that, that it's not being talked about more. Uh, Spencer. Really? People like Spencer. Oh, wait. Not Spencer for Hire. Sorry, that took me a second. No. <laughs> took me a second. Spencer about Princess Dot. <laughs> that took me a second. Kristen Spencer's Stewart. a good film. Yeah, Spencer's, Spencer's a good film. film. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Yep. I know you're a big fan it's of that. It's a crowd pleaser. And Red Rocket. Okay. Uh, and, and there are a lot of critics who like Red Rocket. Uh, I, I wasn't one of them, but... Yeah. I understand. Uh, anyway, let me uh, let me know what you think of this format and my list. Wish you all the best, James. That's a very, very good format. Again, mm. you know, the idea that they need to be ranked and that the ranking matters, it's thin. And it's a little arbitrary. And, you know, if you want to make... You're already making a distinction. You're already saying these are the best films of the year. Do we really need to get into the weeds further than that? We can have that conversation. I don't think we need to. I think it's a matter of, hey... More than, like, one great film came out this year, so let's just lump all the ones together that we think everybody needs to see. Please go see these movies. Mm. Bada-bing. So I'd like that system. It's it's not dissimilar from what we do. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's a reason yeah. we do that. Um, here is a letter from Kay. Hello, Kay. Hi, Kay. Uh, Kay, who recently left Twitter for her own health. Yeah. And... and- and good good for, for you. Good for you. You will be missed. More, I thought you yeah. were a wonderful presence, but seriously, I mean, if it's I, for your health, I, I liked, do it. I liked conversing with you, Kay, but yeah. I, and I'll miss doing it. Yeah. But your mental health is way I, more important. I, like, a, like a year ago or so, like a year and a half ago, I had to go off Twitter for like, except for like occasionally posting things for work, uh-huh. like for like a couple of months. And honestly, it was the best thing I, I needed to yeah, do. So totally totally I, but I'm moving on. Anyway, Kay says, Dear BW, I'd like to give you this opportunity to beg forgiveness <gasps> and retroactively add Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, to the Iron List. Motherfucker. Here's, no! here, here's the thing. <laughs> here's how I'm going to to defend my grievous oversight. Okay. Uh, Elvira was a free-floating presence. Now, you mentioned Ernest as being based on a TV show, and I would well, take exception to that. Well, I, I didn't say based on a TV show. I said it was based on TV, because it was based on commercials. I, I suppose but so. I, I know, I'm, but based my on point a personality is because, created because for I, TV ads. Because I thought... It was really thin. Mm. I and I don't think it would have ended up in the top ten anyway. But I left them in the runners up. Okay, Mistress of the Dark, purely an oversight for me. Uh, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, uh, but but again, let, but let me, we're talking about a recent me, uh, episode of the Iron List where we talked about uh, the best films based on yeah. TV. Let me let me fling out my half-ass defense though. Okay, it's, uh, because uh, Elvira got her start on stage. One could say that mm. she is not based on a TV show. Oh please, but a stage performance. You, and you could also make the argument that Batman the movie wasn't based on the show; it was based on Batman the comic. You're already you're already arguing against that. It's she's clearly right, based off the version fine. that we anyway, saw on TV. Uh, yeah. <laughs> signing off. Uh, my name is Kay, but you can call me tonight. Nice, <laughs> nicely done. Uh, P.S. Shout out to the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Josie and the Pussycats, Dennis the Menace, and the fellow groundling Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Um, uh, signed. 
Kay Lynch. Uh, that, thank you for those. I'll, I'll respond to those uh, uh, in turn. Uh, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, my one defense is that I had already singled out Elvira, Mistress of the Dark in a previous Iron List. Okay. okay it was the best horror comedies. Uh, I love that movie to pieces. I hope everyone sees it. Yeah, I... uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1990, that one I would argue isn't based on the show. The show was very, very different. And yeah. the movie, I remember at the time thinking to myself, what is this? Why isn't it based on the show? It was more specifically based on the comics. Well, the original. I, I, and I, I was only vaguely familiar with the comic. I was a kid. I sure. wasn't going to comic. Well, the comics were more for adults. Ago. It was not. It was and, not a uh, kid comic, really. Yeah, and and you know, it was a satire for a slightly yeah. more sophisticated audience. Whereas the the cartoon show from mm. the late eighties, uh, that was broad and kid friendly and yeah. colorful. And then the feature film was live action, and the characters were a little different. And I, yeah. I've said this before that movie mm. taught me that it's okay to have two different versions of the same characters. Sure. Uh, because I, love because I liked them both. I liked I liked watching the TV show when I was a kid, but I also really liked that movie when it came out. Yeah. Uh, um, I, Joe... I watched it again as an adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is like the flimsiest thing. Like the story is barely there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the I, characters I aren't terribly rich, but I think it's, it works though. It's weirdly atmospheric. Yeah. The special effects on the turtles are amazing. You believe those turtles. Yeah. You really do, and that's so important. And again, it really gains a lot of ground. Yeah. They, they were. Um, uh, pu- puppeteered heads over actors' bodies, mm-hmm. and uh, and then other actors were doing their voices, uh, kind of like what they do with the Muppets. Um, yeah, but the uh, d- the design was really nice. Uh, they made them sort of like look like wet and alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look real, nice looking turtles. They look real. Um, regards to some of the other ones you mentioned, uh, Josie and the Pussycats. I will just flat out admit that I have not seen that movie. You haven't. I meant to get around to it. I know a lot of people love it, and I was going to do it for this list, and then shit just kept happening. So that's a, that's an oversight. Yeah, um, uh, I know you love that movie. Josie, Josie and the Pussycats is one of those that is like teetering on the brink of being over rescued. Yeah, uh, it, because it was overseen. It was underseen when it was first released. Uh huh. Just completely overlooked, mm-hmm. and uh, then it all the cult. Then yeah, then the, the cult started to grow in the years following. Uh, it sold a lot of soundtrack records because mm-hmm. it has you know sort of this bubblegum upbeat sort of pop pop punk kind of music mm-hmm. uh, from the early 2000s and uh eventually yeah people came around oh this is actually kind of a cute satire of consumer culture yeah because it's about how they're using uh music to sell yeah the, the records are like hiding about selling subliminal out, yeah. messages uh and it got its appreciative audience people said yes josie and the pussycats it's good we'll show it at midnight shows occasionally and we'll talk about that it's a good movie and now people are starting to say wait a minute this is like the best movie this is ever like made. yeah this wonderful classic that's actually like really dynamically made it has a lot of intelligent ideas like mm, and we can tap the brakes a little bit on Josie and the yeah. Pussycats I I do like it yeah it's a good movie I have the soundtrack record I again, uh, I, I haven't seen this one I wrote a long time ago well, a couple of years ago now an article about movies that are merely rated now they're not underrated you know, or overrated like like Starship Troopers I think its reputation has been rescued Mm. You know, I don't think it's calling it underrated. I feel is basically like today. No, at the time, sure, but yeah. Anyway, uh, but no, I need to get around to that. I don't have an opinion on that. I believe what else was on that list was Dennis the Menace. Dennis the Menace, which I haven't seen. I, I assume you're talking about the the Walter Matthau version, mm. um, which is fine. There was okay. also a made-for-TV movie version in the '80s or '90s, which I think I liked a little better. French um, Stewart or something in that. Yeah, one. Uh, I actually grew up watching the sitcom version, the black and white Dennis the Menace sitcom. Okay, I used to air in the mornings on Nickelodeon. Um, I didn't, didn't have cable, so, so for I didn't me, have that for me, the sitcom yeah. is the ultimate version of Dennis the Menace, even more so than the comic strip. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't even occur to me of Dennis the Menace, but yeah. 
Okay. Um, here uh, and the last one was Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Which I think that predated Pee Wee's Playhouse. I Let me look like at the did. dates on I, that. That's um, that's that's probably why it didn't even occur to me. Yeah. Is because I assumed it was a little before the show, or at least concurrent with, rather than something that only emerged because the show was popular. Yeah. Um, look up Pee Wee Herman. Uh, I'm looking at Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, first appeared in the Groundlings uh, in 1977. That's when Pee Wee Herman first uh, first started. Pee Wee's Big Adventure in 1985. Yeah, the Pee Wee Herman show was the stage program, uh, the stage show. Uh-huh. Uh, five years before uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure and six years before. Yeah, Pee Wee's Big Adventure predates Pee Wee's Playhouse. Pee Wee's Playhouse came out the year after Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So we're yeah. in the clear on that one. By, yeah. by just barely, but and, we are in the clear. And uh, Pee Wee actually made a, a, a cameo in an earlier film. He was in a Cheech and Chong movie. Oh yeah, um, was it? Was uh, it Nice was Dreams? In, hold on, look, uh, Cheech and Chong's next movie. Next movie, okay. Uh, he was in Cheech and Chong's next movie, and uh, that so a few cinematic precursors. Yeah. To. Pee-wee's but regardless, the movie that we know and love was not based on the show. It was more yeah, the, the, the other show way was based on the movie. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, not to call you out, Kay. No, no, but, but like <laughs> the, we're, 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 you you got us on all the others. Uh, this one, we're yeah. clear on a technicality. We'll just we'll we'll take our wins where we can get them, <laughs> and we can't get them very. This is, this mi- is just an, another places. way of distracting that we forgot Elvira. We, uh, Elvira, I'm mad at. We totally uh, we totally screwed up. At least right. deserve an honorable mention. My God. Anyway, here's yeah. uh, here's another letter from Name Redacted. Um, okay. A few months ago, I discovered the movie Schmo down bibbs quickly became one of my favorites not only because of his depth and breadth of movie knowledge but because he takes movies seriously and doesn't do all the shtick that some do um the, the schmodown the yeah, yeah. is rife with some shtick. some people like to play up like the heel thing like the all angry or whatever mm-hmm. like that i like shtick but i don't like angry shtick i tried it it wasn't for me yeah. it wasn't fun i like doing weird theatrical stuff yeah while watching an old episode this podcast was posted under his picture I immediately subscribed and have spent the last couple of weeks catching up I am immensely enjoying it and you guys have turned me on to several movies that I wouldn't have been otherwise been aware of thank you as a lover of classic films which for me is the mid 30s to the mid 50s I so enjoy when you do films of this time period the Hitchcock episode has been my favorite so far and it turned me on to the original The Man Who Knew Too Much and you are right it is far superior to the second one and makes me wonder why Hitch remade it uh, thank you for this podcast and keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Science name redacted. Thank you so much. Um, the movie trivia showdown. They did, I think they just announced the new season will begin in early March, and I'm really excited about it. If anyone is listening to our show who doesn't watch that, it is a movie trivia competition uh, in the vein of uh, it's sort of Jeopardy meets wrestling. A lot of like mm-hmm. big characters and theatricality and storylines, but the actual like movie trivia and stuff is 100% real. There's no like scripting of like yeah, win or anything yeah. like that. That's all based on skill. Uh, I am the current team champion uh, do, alongside. Do you have a belt in I do. It's right somewhere? behind you over there. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's right by the lamp. The yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm the current team champion. My team name is Shazam, and uh, I am uh, uh, the partner of Brendan the Kid Myers and. Uh, uh, it's, it's actually really funny. He's an actor, so I can't review his movies anymore. So I still haven't seen <laughs> the color out of space. Oh shoot! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Which might be better at this point because of uh, the, the, the director are, turns uh, out is yeah, not cool. As, but as like, we, uh, learned about Richard Stanley. Yeah, yeah. But regardless, it's it's had an interesting impact on the career. But um, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I do love that it has sort of raised people's awareness of people all throughout the internet scape, and mm. um, that um, ultimately it's about celebrating movies, and we can use it to. 
help guide people to things like that, whether yeah, directly yeah. or indirectly. So um, I love talking about classic cinema, too. Uh, if you're interested and you haven't uh, followed along yet, we have a Patreon podcast called Only the Best, where we review every single film ever nominated for Best Picture. We are currently... Uh, getting ready to record our episode for the Best Picture nominees of 1944. Mm, that, that was the year going my way. One, yeah, and it uh, was the first year with only five nominees. So, uh, in, well, in, in like in like over ten years. Pardon? There was a there was like a, the first year oh, well, or two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah, for, in in a while, and yeah. uh, we won't expand to ten again until like 2009. I think. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we got a we're gonna steam through history a lot quick, a lot more quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, in any case, yeah. So if you want to uh, listen to us talk more about classic cinema, that's a great place to do it. It's on our Patreon tier. I think it's at our five dollar a month tier. Mm. Um, and uh, there's a big backlog. So you can totally catch up if you're interested in no pressure whatsoever. <laughs> uh, just want to make sure you know about it. All right. Well, we uh, have time for one, two more well, letters. Well, here, here's a letter from Eric S. Hello, Eric S. Hi, Eric. Uh, hello, Bibbs and Whitney. Uh, today I'm writing to you with a question about the Criterion Collection. Okay. To start a little backstory regarding my question, I work at a public library in Toronto, Canada. Hey, Toronto. That's where nice. all the American movies come from. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, but... I. Okay. I, I joke, but a, a great deal of American productions are filmed in Toronto. Very true. Um, I love the library and truly value the resources it provides. One of those resources being movies. With a library card, you have access to our entire collection of Blu-rays and DVDs. We actually carry quite a few films from the Criterion Collection. So I like to take out films that I see pop up on our shelves with that beautiful, beautiful little C on the spine <laughs> and spend my evenings... Uh, the design has been such a boon to Criterion. Uh-huh. Just the package design. Yeah, has, like really catches the eye. Um, they've been they they know how to they know how to make them pop, don't yeah, they? Yeah. And and spend my evenings binging the film along with all the special features Criterion put together. I tried to explain this to a few of my coworkers once, but they were not familiar with the Criterion Collection. Yeah. And at the time, I felt like I was lacking the understanding of how to explain what exactly it is that Criterion does that sets them apart from normal film distribution companies. So now I turn to my go-to resource when it comes to film and the industry surrounding it. Can you articulate for me exactly what sets the Criterion releases apart from normal films? Uh, thanks in advance. And I'll throw in a bonus fun question. What is your favorite Criterion release you own? Mine is Oni Baba from 1964. Nice. I just find the transfer stunning and the audio commentary track is enthralling to listen to. Thank you for reading my letter. Can't wait to hear back from you, Eric S. Um, okay, so the Criterion Collection, if anyone doesn't know, real fast, uh, the Criterion Collection is a uh, film distributor. Uh, they don't own a lot of movies. What they do is they acquire the rights to distribute a lot mm. of movies. They got their start in the Laserdisc era, back when a lot of studios wanted to release their movies in this high-quality format. Uh, but they weren't necessarily gung-ho about doing it themselves. Yeah. So they would lease out titles to companies that did want to. And what Criterion did, in addition to having higher standards for visual and audio representation than most of their competitors, they also started really going in, uh, uh, really committing themselves to the idea of special features. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like commentary tracks and including behind-the-scenes features and producing new documentaries, uh, adding uh, uh, essays from important film scholars or uh, tracking down deleted scenes or radio dramas that are adapted from the same material, that kind of thing. Um, when DVD started coming along, uh, they adapted. And whereas the Laserdisc era of Criterion, they would release whatever they could. Sometimes mm-hmm. uh, it was typically considered like high-quality programming, but they would also just do big studio releases if they could get the rights on them. When so they, those Criterion editions of yeah, Silence of the Lambs and RoboCop. And, right. Well, admittedly, yeah. those are great movies and deserve to be on Criterion, but regardless. Um, early on, they had uh, Armageddon and The Rock. 
That's right. For example, which you could certainly say are the work of an auteur, but that feels more like we could get the rights to it, so let's do it and we can make the money and use it to spend it on other smaller fare. Um, when they moved to DVD, and now they're on, obviously, Blu-ray, it went from being, this is the pretty much the highest quality film releasing company on home video to the film releasing company that has the highest standards. Mm. Usually... If a movie is on Criterion, that means that the movie, regardless of whether you've heard of it or it's completely obscure, has been vetted. The movie it's, itself it, is... It's it been... Oh, oh careful. Oh, sorry, I'm kicking the, uh, the mic stand. Yeah. I hope I didn't knock anything out there. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, the Criterion collection that I was going to say is uh, one of the most carefully curated collections. Yeah. They understand... Uh, that when they put something out that people are, they want people to pay a certain kind of attention to this movie. Yeah. They want people to regard whatever they release as important. And as such, they're going to not just uh, make sure everything looks as good as it does. And this was a big thing they did um, with their DVDs. And especially when they went to Blu-ray, um, they were calibrating and remastering the films to look as good as they could on the preferred uh, screen. So their DVDs are actually perfectly attuned to watching on a cathode ray tube. Yeah. Because when people were first started buying uh, DVDs, they were still, they still had CRT TVs. Right. And then flat screen TVs started, uh, you know, becoming more and more affordable. They were more in vogue. And when they moved to Blu-rays, they had to remaster them again to look good on that kind of a screen. Right. Uh, there was that glorious period in, in that transition area where you could get DVDs and Blu-rays in the same box. Oh, that, was that was really nice. That was nice. But in addition to just sort of having good elements and mastering their films to look really good, often under the imprimatur of the director, if they were still alive and wanted mm. to participate, uh, yeah, they un- understood at some point that uh, they wanted to be viewed as having important good movies. So what, so what when, happened is they released... So when a movie is released... Yeah. Uh, even if you've heard of it before, if it's on Criterion, you kind of perk up a little bit. Well, it's the idea is that they'll get a lot of movies where you're just like, oh, okay, well, All About Eve. That's the timeless classic cinema uh, mm. that should be in the best possible releasing yeah, they, form. I have a ton of bunch of features. It makes these, sense yeah, that that's on Criterion. Uh, Criterion put out all of, uh, in, on the Criterion channel, it's called Essential Art House. And these were yeah. like just the big international hits throughout history. Yeah. So, so you know, the, your Kurosawas and your Bergmans. So like the, those are like sort of the obvious ones, the stuff that you would watch in film school, the stuff that has been canonized. But the idea is that if Criterion puts out something that maybe isn't already canonized, because over the course of releasing just on DVD and Blu-ray over a thousand movies, all with a level of consistency, if they release something that you didn't think was like criterion worthy and a criterion says it is now it's at the point where you're like, Oh shit. I, I guess that is, little, maybe that is about that one. And, and now all of a sudden you're looking at something entirely differently. I'm trying to think of a good example there, here. There, well, there are somewhere um, criterion put it out and I still wasn't having it. Like, <laughs> I've seen The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Mm. I, I don't like that movie, but they've been mm. putting out all of Wes Anderson's films. Right, they committed uh, so, to that a while ago, so okay, uh, fair so enough. So yeah, okay, here's another one by that filmmaker. Mm. Um, I I maybe need to go back and watch well, The Curious Case of well, Benjamin Button. Here's, here's, a, here's a good example here. Uh-huh. Um, they released every single Godzilla movie in the Showa era. Yeah. Now, 
I think most people would agree. 72. I think most people who are familiar with Godzilla would agree that there are a handful of Godzilla movies which are legitimately great cinemas. At least the first one, Mm. arguably Shin Godzilla, maybe one or two in the middle. Uh, Destroy All Monsters, perhaps. Uh, Criterion, by releasing the entire set, said, no, the complete Godzilla, even the shitty ones... As are, a, of a, when, are of when a taken piece, as a unit yeah. are of a piece they are culturally significant and they all deserve to be taken seriously i think that is not insignificant mm. you know so that's maybe an example right there so we 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 don't have a lot of people we can look up to and trust anymore i think we can all agree on <laughs> and, that and our, uh, our heroes let us down consistently and it's pretty gross to ally yourself to a corporation yeah uh, and we're not trying to ally ourselves to a corporation but mm. i will say this criterion has consistently proven that they care about what they do that they have good taste in what they do and that they put out solid product and when you can do that over 1000 times in a row i i'll give you some benefit of the doubt yeah, what what number are we up to? On this uh, I think it uh, is over a thousand. It's over a thousand. I'm trying to think. What's the most recent actual release? Uh, bada bing, bada boom. Uh, their Citizen Kane was one thousand one hundred and four. Okay. Um, which uh, I remember when Criterion first moved to mm-hmm. uh, to DVD. Yeah. And that's when they started the spine numbers. Do you know? Yeah. What, you remember what spine number one is? Grand Illusion. Grand I Illusion. Had it. Yeah, Grand yeah. Illusion was number one. And a lot of people asked, "Wait a minute, why isn't Citizen Kane number one?" Surely. Well, they don't have that yet. Well, yeah, they didn't have it, yeah. and uh, so that's that. <laughs> yeah, just that's don't it. Have it. It, it, do it. It's a matter of what they have the option to put out. Mm. So, um, at the moment, as they've got upcoming releases up to eleven hundred and twenty-two, uh, mm. but um, yeah, and and regard. So basically, I would say is uh, Criterion is one of the few seals of approval uh-huh. that consistently matter. Mm. That doesn't mean they'll always matter. That doesn't mean we, we won't be, we won't eventually find out something shitty about them. I hope not. I, I have no information. I just want to hedge my bets because oof, <laughs> it can be rough sometimes. But um, in any case, yeah, Criterion is a seal of approval that means mm. something. Uh, Criterion put out three, and only three, mm. VHS cassettes. Really? Yeah. I don't know that. What do they put out? Uh, the 39 Steps, The Lady Vanishes, and The Third Man. They're all put out on Criterion Edition VHS. If you have one of those, you have something incredibly rare. I'll bet. Because they did not sell well at all. (laughs) They just stopped. I didn't even know about that. That's that's numbers three, four, and five on the spine. Do you have a particular Criterion release that you own that you treasure? That was the other question. Uh, Well, um... As as a birthday present to myself, I got that Bergman box set, so that's that's pretty impressive. I I got a few other... I have a few other uh, Criterion box sets besides. Um, The box sets are pretty invaluable uh yeah. I, I do have thanks to you i have the godzilla box i was surprised at how like big that was usually they end up it's, supposed to fit on your shelf it's not a little well it, it, it looks it, like a big picture book yeah it's it's a gigantic picture book it's gig- like yeah. big and flat and uh i have the guillermo del toro trilogy uh mm-hmm. all of his spanish language films are put out in this really fancy box that's nice uh i, I like guillermo del toro just fine the box is very nice the packaging mm-hmm. is just beautiful um i have um the Orphic Trilogy, I have the nice. Apu Trilogy, I have the Three Colors Trilogy. I have the complete Zatoichi box, and I yeah. never thought they'd put that out. I was so yeah, happy when yeah. that came out. That made me and, really, and I've really been happy. like trying to find that for like 
remotely affordable price. I also yeah. don't have the uh, Jacques Tati box yet. I really want that one. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else do I have that I like particularly. The, I mean, I have. I remember um, when Criterion's used to go out of print. Mm-hmm. Um, they were especially valuable for a long time. Oh yeah, like um, try, and you try st- finding last year at Marion Bad now. Oh yeah, and like and you can still make some money off of it, but usually the reason why the movies aren't available on Criterion is because the people who sold the rights to Criterion realized they had something valuable and decided to put it out themselves. So the actual films are usually still pretty easy to find. Um, but there was a time when that wasn't the case. Uh, I remember when Hollywood videos started going out of uh, out of business in our area and we started seeing like every time a Hollywood video went out of business, uh, they would have these enormous sales. They would sell everything for next to nothing. No, like two, and they had two, no three dollars. Yeah. You could get, they like, just, they just wanted the discs out of their yeah, door. You could get the criterion edition of the silence of the lambs back when that would run at least $200. I got for, that for, for like eight bucks. bucks. Yeah, I got that for eight bucks. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm hanging on to that, even though it's not even the best transfer anymore. Mm-hmm. Because the special features on that are amazing. Yeah, um, I remember when the Third Man first came out, and yeah. just what a coup that was in terms of like remastering. It yeah, never oh, looks that great good. Movie, it looks yeah. great looking movie. Yeah. And yeah, it, as you mentioned, that one has the audio dramas, the Harry Lime radio yeah, show that's that cool. followed the release of the film. And yeah, it, it's kind of cute because there is an image on the screen. It's like stock image of a radio. Yeah. 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 They got to put something on yeah, there. Yeah, but just yeah. not listen, listen to with a blank screen. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, that, that was really, really cool. I think the very first criterion I got was children of paradise. Oh, the, the Marcel Carnet movie. Yeah. Uh, and I liked it because it came on two discs. It's a 190 minute <laughs> film uh, told in two parts. It's this gigantic grand epic. It's uh, mm. often compared to uh, Gone with the Wind, but without the racism. Oh, uh, well, bonus. <laughs> which, yeah, that's pretty yeah. great. And it was made in the 40s in, in Vichy, France under Nazi occupation. Mm. And that they were able to get away with such an enormous production was kind of a coup unto itself. Yeah, the the, the, the Nazis were really... Stupid. Not not, ha- you look not at, happy when, about art. When you look at when you look at some of the movies that were made like under Vichy occupied France, mm. uh, and you realize how much of them are basically spitting in the Nazis' faces, <laughs> you realize the Nazis were really <laughs> stupid. <laughs> like, how did you let that go by? What do you? I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm glad you were an idiot. Don't get me wrong, but like, wow, <laughs> God. Anyway, uh, hopefully that answers your question. Um, we got time for one more? Uh, sure. Um, here is a letter. Here's a, another top ten letter. Okay. Uh, from Jonathan. Hello, Jonathan. Hi. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. I'm sure you fellows are used to, at this time, uh, at this time of the year, uh, but I would like to share my personal top ten favorites of the year with you. Go for it. Uh, I figured you'd be getting a lot of these, so I'll try to be as brief as possible with them, selecting small portions of a much longer list I write for my friends and family. Uh, I, you know what? God bless this practice. Yeah. Uh, young film nerds, because I did this too. Sure. Uh, young film nerds, send out these mass emails to people who don't care, but it's really important right. <laughs> that you author these lists and make sure they are shared. Yeah. Sometimes you hear back you're from friends. You're trying to spread really your love nice, and you're yeah. trying to make sure people see the films that mean something to you because maybe they'll mean something to someone else. Isn't that yeah, nice? I, I, I made a list like that once and I got an angry email from friends saying, just stop sending me these lists. I don't care. <laughs> um, hopefully the description still makes sense. Uh, number 10, West Side Story. Okay. Just a couple of goats messing around uh, to somehow improve on perfection. Goats, G-O-A-T-S. Yeah, I, I get uh, it, yeah. Uh, number nine, The Mitchells versus The Machines. Yay! Uh, what a joyous burst of creative energy and weirdness This while, while still having a ton of heart. 
Great movie. Number eight, Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, It's very rude that this came out a month after I turned 30. And then the main character is named Jonathan, like me. uh, And he does theater in his head constantly and is obsessed with fictional worlds and stories at the expense of his very real relationships. And he's not as successful as he feels like he deserves to be. And maybe he should sacrifice his dreams for financial stability. And I would like to exit the film now, please. This is assault and battery. Uh, number seven, Bo Burnham's Inside. Hmm. Uh, it's a singular work that captures a lot of the traumatic vibe of lockdown while still examining, uh, even if it's a good idea to be pushing ourselves into creating the COVID Macbeth instead of just trying to survive. Yeah. Uh, number six, Spider-Man No Way Home. Hmm. It might be the best live action Spidey flick. Certainly the first to really give Spider-Man 2 a run for its money. Uh, hmm. Marvel has finally truly nailed the character after two decent but deeply imperfect attempts. That I can agree uh, with. Uh, number five, Coda. This is a film I really love. I missed uh, this. I need to get around to this. Uh, while my family is not deaf, I did strongly relate to Ruby wanting to pursue an artistic degree while feeling obligated to stay home and help disabled family members. Uh, there's a line where her father says, she was never a baby, and that leveled me. Completely by accident, I watched it on New Year's Eve and happened to hit the emotional climax at midnight. Aww. What a beautiful way to start the new year, my friends. Wow. Uh, Derek Delgadio's In and of Itself. This is number four. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a powerful testament to the powerful power of storytelling to build connections and allow us to be introspective and reevaluate the priorities if you allow yourself to go along for the ride. I didn't see In and of Itself. I wasn't a fan. I found it... Um, it's it's uh, If you haven't seen it, it's a, uh, it's a filmed stage show uh, of a guy who's... Um, uh, uh, he's basically a, a magician slash showman uh, and, uh, yeah, it's all about like your sense of identity or whatever, but I find that the tricks that he uses in order to get into his audience's heads, mm-hmm. eh, I found them a little crass. Okay. Found them, uh, uh it reminded me too much of uh, how people build cults. Uh, oh, but gosh, that said, okay. I, but that said, undeniably effective. So I can appreciate why people really, really dig it. But for me, it started turning me off after a while. All right. Yeah. Uh, Number three is Come From Away. Uh, Who knew that a Broadway musical about 9-11 would be the feel-good story of the year? In a film, in a year filled with never-ending stories about what people are not willing to do to protect each other from a a deadly virus, it was cleansing to watch an entire show about sacrifice, universal brotherhood, and a reminder that sometimes humanity is able to set aside its pettiness and come together to achieve miraculous levels of good. Uh, Number two is Nine Days. Uh, Winston Duke plays Will, a man whose job it is to interview and select from a pool of candidates who will be given, quote, the amazing opportunity of life. The process reveals so much about each uh, each character's personalities, values, and priorities, and it invites us to ponder our choices as well. Nice. And number one, In the Heights. Oh, that's nice. Uh, My paternal grandmother passed early in the shutdown, and growing up, Mm. she was always adamant that my siblings and I never identify as Hispanic. Uh, You were born in America, you are white, she would say, in an attempt Mm. to protect us from racism by hiding our heritage. I can't help but wonder how much it would have meant to my grandmother to have seen a big blockbuster movie this openly proud of her culture. One of the best movie-going experiences of my life was dragging as much as my was dragging as much of my immediate family as I could to a theater and sitting next to my mom, herself a Guatemalan immigrant, as she watched it. Thank you so much for reading this and for all you do. Uh, P.S. Be on lookout in a week or two for some thoughts and experiences on my first semester as a high school film studies teacher. Uh, I had written in previously to ask for some thoughts on movies to show and how to approach it. I'm in New Orleans, and Hurricane Ida really messed with things, so our semester finally finishing a month later than it should have, but I'm very excited to share some stories from my students with you guys. Signed, Jonathan. Thank you. 
Yeah, I, uh, top ten lists are really wonderful. They're yeah. uh, this this sort of excellent thumbprint. So some really good ones. Some I haven't seen. I didn't see didn't see nine days. I heard no, it was right. pretty good. Yeah, I didn't see it in and of itself. But I, I agree with all of your choices. There there yeah. wasn't anything on there that I just hated. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm not so keen on Spider Man anymore, so I'm not really kind of I, I wasn't able yeah. to sort of be swept up all, yeah. in all the excitement. Callous heart, just the, cracking. What can I say? I have I have a, a, a petrified prune where a heart should be. No, that's, no, it's that's fine. all I it's can, fine. can it's, say. It, it, you know, we we well, that's the whole point. There's a reason we don't only have one film critic. <laughs> like that's it. We were like, oh, do we really? Yeah, we do. We need as many perspectives as we possibly can. That there is some overlap speaks to the way that some films. Uh, are able to speak to a wide variety of different people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always an exciting thing to discover when one film or more than one film uh, is appreciated by a wide variety of human beings. That's exciting. And the, mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean other films aren't better, but it does say a lot about that film, doesn't it? And good for them. So that's exciting. And that's really, really great. And again, we're all sharing what we care about and, you know, I'm I'm of the belief that you know film criticism shouldn't be all positive all the time. You need to it needs to be all honest all the time. But sharing our top ten list is a really just kind of a really it's almost Christmassy in a way. Mm. We do it at the end of the year. It's all about celebration and love, and uh, we're we're all getting together and sharing. And I kind of like that. Yeah. So again, we're, we're leaving the religious aspect out. It's 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 sort of a pageant, and I always really I always really dig it. So. Um, thank you for sharing yours. We'd have happily uh, read a few more if anyone wants to send us uh, your top ten lists. Um, and, uh, yeah, thank you, everybody, for writing in. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to write into a future episode, uh, our email address is letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. Whitney, what is our P.O. Box? Um, once again, send it to the Critically Acclaimed Network, P.O. Box 641565, Los Angeles, California, 90064. And seriously, thank you again for the beautiful watercolor and these wonderful drinky birds. Uh, I yeah. really, really, they're just really stunning. And thank you so much. That's really kind. And it, and it comes, uh, we didn't mention this, it comes in sort of like a stark black package. Yeah. It, it looks like a tube of shave cream. It's like a, <laughs> it's, it's the, the most like manly version of the drinky bird. <laughs> Um, in any case, uh, feel free. You can also contact us on Twitter at Critic Acclaim. I am at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. If you want more exclusive shows from us, in addition to what we have here for free on the Critically Acclaimed Network, patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network is the place to go. We have a lot of shows about stuff like Batman and Star Trek and the Academy Awards. Uh, we're about to schedule our next online hangout uh, with our patrons. We do that once a month. Um, and... Um, very, very special shout out to all of our patrons without whom this show could not exist. Mm-hmm. So thank you to all of you for your support, for uh, keeping the lights on and uh, keeping uh, the, the tech alive. Uh, so thank you for everything. Um, I guess that's it. Would you mind forgetting anything? Uh, no, you are not. Neat. You've remembered everything. Nice. Thanks, everybody. Sincerely yours, Bibbs and Whitney. <laughs>